0: Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.
1: Hello there and welcome again to Art of the Pivot. I am your host, Mark Jeffries, and today we're joined by Tim Minahan, Executive Vice President, Business Strategy for Citrix. Over 400,000 companies use Citrix Digital Workspace Solutions to provide their employees simple, secure, and reliable access to the resources they need to get work done wherever it needs to get done. In his role, Tim is responsible for driving the company's overall business strategy. And he joined Citrix, by the way, in 2015, bringing with him over 20 years of executive leadership experience. Tim, it is great to have you with us. Where do we find you today?
0: Marks, thanks for having me. I'm here in uh, my home office, like everyone else. Uh, This happens to be in Atlanta.
1: All right, Atlanta, Georgia. I bet you're feeling the heat already as we... uh, get into June and beyond. So let's talk business. That number, over 400,000 customers, is pretty impressive. Uh, the company helped create, I guess, an industry around this idea of workforce virtualization. Tell me a bit more about that, if you can.
0: Yeah, certainly, Mark. As you said, since, since our inception almost 30 years ago, Citrix has been always about powering a better, more secure way to work. We like to say that you know, we were remote work before remote work was cool. And so, uh, as you said, we pioneered this concept of virtualization, desktop virtualization, that really allowed employees to access the applications they needed no matter where they were doing their work, whether that was in the office, on the road, or or now as we're seeing at at home. And it was a novel concept at the time, but it was vital for companies to, to capitalize on... This then emerging trend of the information worker. <laughs> and yeah. that really started this digital transformation of, of the workplace. And you flash forward to today and, and the pandemic, as we all know, has, has accelerated the digitization of business and has companies in all industries beginning to rethink their workforce strategies, where work gets done, who does the work, how it gets done, and really rethink their work models in ways they haven't since since Henry Ford. And so Citrix is really been a core enabling platform for this rapidly emerging world of of digital and distributed work.
1: You know, just thinking about your organization, what it stands for, what it has stood for for so many years, the pandemic, while offering you an opportunity to, to grow and to strengthen, I'm guessing, also offered your competitors, both new and old, a chance to muscle in on the space. How was the competitive landscape over the last year?
0: Yeah, certainly uh, the, the world has woken up to the need for secure hybrid work uh, and the realization that, you know, even before the pandemic, that, that uh, employees did need to get their best work done wherever that happened to be across any device and in any location. Well, flash forward to today and uh, that last vestige or the last domino of resistance to a more flexible work model has fallen. the fact that there was some bias against working outside the office because there was a belief that work couldn't get done unless you were in the office i think if you consider that that we've seen um the first increase in employee productivity in a decade during the time we're all working from home it's kind of put that myth to to rest and now as companies are rolling back to the office um, they're recognizing that they need to maintain this flexible work and it has many benefits it's not just about should sam or susie work in the office or or continue to work at home it's really about how do i provide my employees with the best environment so they can be most productive how do i then use this you know flexible work model to begin to Think about, rethink about about my work models and my workforce strategies, tapping into new talent and skills that may be well beyond commuting distance to any one of my offices. And yes, uh, the competitive landscape has increased. You're seeing both our partners and competitors really rally around this idea of the importance of employee experience, the importance to, to fuel a more secure and hybrid work model.
1: And I, I do want to talk about the employee uh, experience shortly, but just, just finishing off on this point, I was having a conversation uh, with a client this morning, and he was telling me about how a lot of his team have fallen in love with, with being at home, with that whole working from home experience. And then the other half are so desperate for the in person experience they want to get back to work. I think this is going to uh, continue to be quite the dilemma and challenge going forward. Is that something you're seeing amongst your client base
0: Yeah, certainly. I think we have to remember as we we assess you know and review the last fifteen months that it really wasn't remote work, <laughs> it was remote isolation, and a lot of <laughs> what people are striving to get back for is that interaction. Um, You know, so we we talk about it, it's not an either or scenario, it's not either you're always remote or either you're always in the office, it is going to be this hybrid work scenario, certainly for the foreseeable future, because you're looking at, you know, 85% of employees want an employer to offer them flexible work models. A good number of them are uncomfortable with the idea right now of, of going back to the office until we Uh, ensure that everyone's vaccinated and it's a safe environment. And even when you do go back to the office right now, there's a a number of security protocols that are in place that actually prohibits every employee Mm -hmm. from showing up and being at their desk every day right next to the other employee. And so it's gonna be a while. And so we have to begin to build uh, not just the technological infrastructure to support a more secure hybrid work model, but we have to change our, 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 our culture and our, our management style to support it so that no matter where an employee is, they not only have access to the work resources they need to get done, uh, their best work done, but also we're, we're not associating a stigma with someone who's not physically in the meeting but still needs to participate in that. And so that's what I think you're gonna see uh, over the next few months as companies begin to figure out this new hybrid world of work
1: Fascinating. Thank you for that. We'll just step away from the Citrix story for a moment. Your personal journey has been fascinating uh, to get you to the role that you have now. Uh, I'm always interested to know how people reach the position they're in. What were the major moments for you over the years that the stepping stones, if you will, uh, that brought you to this position at Citrix?
0: Yeah, I've I've always been fascinated with with business models, particularly digital business models and, and platform business models. Uh, I uh... Uh, sort of uh, cut my teeth in the in the tech industry you know, early on as a as an outsider, an observer looking in, both as initially as an editor and later as a as an industry analyst, uh, really advising companies, conducting research, really trying to understand user behaviors and the like as, as those business models evolved back in the dot com era, and um, uh, and then I uh, took the leap to the uh, to the dark side of. Um, <laughs> Uh, software vendor marketing uh with a a small at that time uh yet unconvinced business model around this idea of SaaS or software as a service um that then accelerated uh you know after after about three years we were um, uh, acquired by a company called ariba that was beginning that transition uh to become a SaaS company in its own right and uh, really took the helm there to, to help guide that transition uh to infuse more um, uh, digital engagement models, infuse more uh, you know, SaaS uh, business models where you're shifting from selling a product that sits on the shelf to a much more service-oriented a model where you're much more aligned with driving outcomes for that customer. Uh, we then you know, built up through there and um, you know, uh, halfway through that, that journey at Ariba, we recognized that beyond just transitioning to SaaS, that there was a real opportunity for a platform model at that at that point in time we were connecting the world's largest buyers with their entire supply chain as so we had this thing called the, the ariba network which was really a, a two-sided platform that facilitated purchasing and financial transactions and collaboration between those organizations uh, and we grew that in the course of three years from just about 10 percent of our overall revenues to more than 50 percent so much so that, that SAP came a knocking uh, and they, they've they've grown the, the business network even more uh, since then. Um, my SAP journey uh, was really at that point in time, they were making the same transition, trying to become a, a SaaS company in their own right, trying to become a cloud company in their own right. And they had acquired a, a group of different assets, Ariba, Concur, field glass, as well as their own business by design, their own attempt to get into a, a ERP-based uh, or SaaS-based ERP. And uh, so we oversaw that and really kind of built the go-to-market motion around how do you reach line of business? How do you provide, you know, how do you sell to them differently? How do you have that dialogue? Uh, and that eventually uh, wound me up here at Citrix.
1: There you go. It's remarkable, isn't it? But, and I've always thought this, you know, everything you do, You don't know always where you're going, but it it builds the basis, it builds the foundation of then what happens next. Talking of what's happening next, there's a lot going on at Citrix, I am told. For example, there's a, a kind of a notion of getting beyond virtualization, which is your core business. So what's the thinking behind this? I think there's always the most courageous move is to move away or move in addition to something that already works and bring in something different.
0: Yeah. So when we initially laid out the strategy a few years back, it was really about the the Gretzky method, right? Skating to where the puck was going. And at the time, companies were beginning a methodical march to the cloud. They were shuttering data centers, moving workloads to public clouds like Azure and AWS and Google, and replacing many of of their, if you will, custom legacy apps with commercial off-the-shelf SaaS alternatives and possibly even re-architecting them when they could as as web apps. So recognizing on the horizon that our our traditional business of virtualizing these custom apps, allowing them to be distributed out of the data center, even as it moved to the cloud, was gonna be temporary because as companies begin to move on to uh, uh, full SaaS, full cloud, I would argue to say that the last application that ever needs to be virtualized probably has already been built. And So to meet these shifts, we knew we needed to extend beyond just the secure delivery of virtual desktops to provide a simplified way for, for companies to accelerate these shifts and meet the demands of the modern workforce, predominantly using SaaS web and mobile apps, increasingly doing work outside of a traditional office, And um, so that's why we expanded to this broader digital workspace vision where we provide unified access to all of the work resources you need, all of your apps, your SaaS apps, your web apps, your mobile apps, your virtual desktops if you still need those, your content. uh, Secure, wrapping all of that in a uh, contextual uh, security uh, layer that not only authenticates uh, uh, the user into the workspace, but then is constantly monitoring, applying security policies. So your, your SaaS applications are actually more secure when accessed through the workspace than, than natively. And then finally right. infusing the workspace with intelligence capabilities and workflows to begin to simplify work so that employees could actually more efficiently execute work in collaboration across all of these work resources.
1: How far did the, the pandemic uh, end up being the ultimate catalyst for a lot of these changes, because I assume these were changes that were, were in mind. And you just pointed out they were in plan. They were on the horizon. But how much did the last 14 months speed up this plan?
0: Yeah, it, it certainly did. These were these were projections. If you think if you can think far back enough, 15 months ago before the pandemic, that were on the horizon. Uh, you know, uh, companies were trying to hire talent against the background of a shortage of uh, 95 million medium to high skilled workers there was this huge skills gap especially for the modern skills like business intelligence cloud and security that were needed to digitize your business and then you had this massive worker disengagement they were so frustrated with their complicated work environment and all the tools and different channels they needed to navigate that they were just becoming much more disengaged well then the pandemic hit and it didn't these issues didn't evaporate they only got exacerbated. And now to your earlier point, employees also are excited about this concept of, I can do better work when I can do purpose-built work. You know, there's some work where you do need to come together and you feel like you need to be in the room at a whiteboard together. Uh, And then there's other work, other times when you need to do thoughtful work and employees wanna be in that empowerment environment. And so um, I do think the pandemic dramatically accelerated a lot of the dynamics we were talking about, about companies digitizing their business, right? Now, as a consumer, you know, you may never go back to a uh, a bank branch, for example, right? And, and, you know, that was always on the horizon, but it was a slow, methodical march. Uh, companies really accelerating to cloud so they can have the agility to dial up and dial down resources uh, as needed and meet the next Inevitable, unplanned, hopefully opportunity, not crisis, that they need to reach. Um, and then finally, you know, just really recognizing that you know, the the work models of your are, you know, you know, quickly uh, evolving to something new that's going to be, you know, far more digital, uh, far more distributed, and and hopefully far more productive, as we're already seeing.
1: You know, a lot of this leads us to what you mentioned earlier, which is how important it is to design an employee experience that, that exceeds expectations. And I know this is something that's very close to your heart when it comes to transforming business results, this, this experience. So many companies talk about the customer experience. Tell me why the employee experience is, is so critical for you and for the Citrix uh, team.
0: Yeah so the employee experience is is critical in a number of ways probably the best example is 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 uh uh just from a from an actual anecdote um a customer came to us one of the largest u.s banks um and you know his charter coming in he actually has the title of you know vice president of employee experience was 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 to actually modernize employee experience he said we've spent to your point the past five years investing so heavily in the customer experience, while we're still asking our employees to try to deliver that with antiquated technologies a cumbersome and bureaucratic uh, processes. And um, we've reached a plateau of our ability to drive that next level of growth, drive that next level of transformation. So, So there is a fundamental link between customer experience and employee experience. Uh, too often, as this bank recognized, that they focus on the customer experience first, and then now we're beginning to realize that they can't go any further until they enhance uh, the way in which employees can get work done. The second part is is that uh, backdrop I was talking about, the uh, very real backdrop we're still experiencing, which is there is a global shortage of 95 million medium to high-skilled workers. There's even a more <laughs> acute shortage of workers who have the modern skills that you need to digitize your business. And as a result, there's a huge talent war. And one of the mm-hmm. ways that you can differentiate and attract talent and they're evaluating you on is the employee experience, both from the standpoint of, are you providing flexible work models? As we opened up the conversation today, a lot of employees, uh, in fact, uh, you know, it was 40 over 40% of employees said they would actually leave Quit their job if they couldn't maintain flexible work models. Uh, the second is what what sort of tools and what kind of environment are you um, uh, are you giving me to actually execute the job you uh, you're asking me to do? And then the third one, which can't be underestimated, is kind of what's what's your brand purpose? You know what's what's the value there? Um, you know those three things really stand out. Obviously, in addition to the gee, you know. How much am I going to get paid for
1: my
0: <laughs> for yeah, my labor? Those detail. are right up there top of the list.
1: It's very interesting. You're right. There's uh, supply chain issues right now, understandably, following the pandemic. Pandemic, But there's uh, human supply chain issues as well. Uh, and, of course, you know, th- this is an economy like every other. And there'll be up times and there'll be down times. And- I suspect that the calculation will be different when there are no jobs around versus when there are plenty of jobs for the taking. But I I think the approach is fascinating. And how can anything uh, negative come out of making sure the employee experience is a great one? Um, Our time is almost up, but I wanted to know where, where acquisitions fit in to the plan. It sounds like you have a great strategy, you have an amazing team, but obviously there are times where you have to look outside of Citrix to find what you need. I know recently you guys uh, took a uh, project management platform. Is it, is it Rick, am I pronouncing that right, or Rike? Rike, right. Rike,
0: right. Rike,
1: right. Tell me a little as bit, it tell it me work about right. that. Work right. Yeah, so okay. um,
0: as, as we talked about before, you know, our, our our strategy has been, hey, how do we continue to enable this new secure hybrid work model by, reliably delivering the work resources employees need to work across any device location or channel but on top of that you know employees are are, are looking for a more efficient way to execute work and to collaborate um, whether that collaboration is around documents we actually do have a um, uh, a tool called share file which is around you know content collaboration or now with the acquisition of Reich, that acquisition um, uh, collaboration is around around projects. So we can really support not only the delivery of any application type to any device, to any location, now we can support any work type from structured workflows and simplifying uh, that experience for the employee to document-based workflows, or to more complex project management uh, collaboration, which is what Rike brings us, right? It It does really three things. It provides those new and differentiated capabilities within the workspace, getting us to new largely line of business buyers and users. Uh, It speeds our SaaS transformation, right? You're looking at, you know, it's expected to deliver between 180 and 190 million SaaS ARR this year on its own. And then it establishes us in this new high growth market of collaborative work management as companies are trying to figure out how do I maintain the productivity gains that I've seen in a distributed work environment going forward in the future.
1: It's, it's very exciting. And you guys are right on top of this incredible curve. And of course, you're also an organization like, like others that are out there that allows people to work for, say, a company in Singapore from the beach in Barbados. And what can be bad about that? As far as I'm concerned, nothing at all. So uh, we're, we're at time. I'd love to end with really what's next. What's next for you? What's next for Citrix? What do we and our listeners and viewers need to know?
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think what's next is what we're experiencing right now. You know, we all, we at Citrix believe we have a major role in helping companies shape this this future of work, which, uh, as we mentioned before, seemed to be off in the distance, which is now right in front of us. And so there's, there's a lot that's going to go on in the next few months, and the next years to do that. I think beyond that what gets very very exciting is how do we continue to bring more intelligence, more analytics into the workspace, into the work environment to augment workers, not replace workers, but augment them and help them have the right information at their fingertips, help them make more informed decisions, help them guide them to the next step that provides either better customer service, you know, a bigger transaction or uh, or um, you know building the next great product. And so I think we're, there's a lot of converging factors right now that just puts us on the cusp of a very, very exciting future.
1: It really is. Uh, um, we're excited that you're there as part of that future. Tim Minahan from Citrix, thank you so much for sharing your story, your ideas, and of course, your insight as well. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
0: The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.